In the beginning. One battle. Make ready. Started it all. Present. Many men fought. <laughs> One man was left standing. You call that a Royal Rumble? WWE Royal Rumble. No wonder you lost the freaking war. Who in the hell are you? I'm John Cena. John Cena, huh? Well, you tell me. What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ruthless Aggression Era podcast, the only place where we decipher and dictate the Ruthless Aggression Era in the WWE. I saw nothing like that. I'm very sorry about my Eh, <laughs> uh, Hello, welcome to the Ruthless Aggression <laughs> Era podcast. <laughs> my name's CJ. I'm Dave. I'm King Drystyle. I'm always. King Drystyle. And you're listening to the RA Era podcast. So guys, <laughs> and you're listening to the RA Era podcast on BBC. So guys, BBC Radio Six. So guys, how are you all doing today? Are we okay? <laughs> what are you talking to? <laughs> well, you asked me to do this opening. So how are you today? I'm alright. So guys, I'll take over. Back to normality. Christian, Michael, welcome to the show as always. How are we doing? Yeah, not so bad, buddy. Married life, treating you well? Yep, yeah, absolutely brilliant. I'm to move house at the moment. I know, yeah, we need to play some sad music. Do you want to let the listeners know, and I'm sure they do care, let them know the torrid times that's going on in the Jenny's household at the minute time. So, yeah, basically, my landlady has had to sell up uh, her house because she's been made redundant. Uh, so, me and Mary have basically been given a month and a half to leave the premises. Um, so, now we've found somewhere else, just a bit further down the road. It's a bit of a smaller house, but uh, yeah, all's good in the Jennings household. Good. And Michael, how's life treating you, sir, since well, we've uh, last recorded, last spoke? Well, the kingdom's still dry. <laughs> the kingdom is still dry. <laughs> How's it still dry? How are you? When was it ever wet? Oh, thank you. No, moving on. No, moving on. Since we've last recorded together, um, obviously we've had WrestleMania. Um, I know we did our little predictions at the start of, um, of Armageddon. Shall we uh, just touch on briefly how... Final thoughts or any thoughts on Mania as a whole? I know we all got together. We, uh, we got together, uh, I travelled over to Sheffield and we got together and watched Mania together, which was pretty cool to all get together and have some beers. A uh, bit of uh, controversy at the bar that we were watching, let's say, but let's forget about that. The pay per view as a whole. Um, yeah, thoughts? Shit. Hardy Boys! <laughs> shit, apart from the Hardy Boys. Shit. And Brock beat Goldberg. Uh, it, was, it was. Probably Goldberg's best match. I can't remember WrestleMania. I think that's on my top four, maybe five shit WrestleManias. Like, that was that was dire. Really? For me, it was. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. I, I want to 
said it was in the top. I, I, it wasn't good, right? It was written close to being good, but I wouldn't say it was. It wasn't bad. It was for me. The fucking little artwork in the Bray Wyatt match. That was alright, that. I like that. That was mint. That, that was cool. A little bit of creativity. It was a bit shit. The, the entrance. That shit the state that my only comment, well, my worry about it was the fact that they seemed to spend. And, at the start, when I saw the pictures, that they spent so much money on the stage and all the get up, but I've just kind of taken the focus from the actual content away from. Well, look, it just made it look spectacular. Isn't it? I'll tell you what I'd rather do. I'd rather stand on top of the Empire State Building, yeah, dive off the Empire State Building, and hope to catch my lip on a nail before <laughs> I watch <laughs> WrestleMania again. That's what I'd rather do than watch shit like that. That, for me, was a bit crap. Shit. And I was right with Mojo Riley. I predicted you were, it. yes, that is very correct. So coming off the back of a, a mediocre, let's say, well, I want to say mediocre, but obviously Christian wants to put suicide before fucking watching WrestleMania again. Um, up next to be Payback. I love how we're dipping into modern day WWE. I love it. So we run through Payback card and give our little prediction. Why not? So next, some Sunday the... Whatever date 30th, it is. 30th, I think 30th. We're recording on Monday. Is it Monday today? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so come at this coming Sunday then, Mike, take a stand the card for payback. Got the Cruiserweight Championship with Neville, rematch against Austin Aries. Aries, gotta be. Neville. I'm hoping Aries. It's gotta be Aries. Got to be. But yeah. I can't get better than that did, maybe. Yeah, but it's just gonna be a replicate, innit? They may have yeah. a couple of extra spots or something, but it's just a. I'm not, we, said, we said about it on, on Mania predictions, I don't like. Mania should be stopped, that should be the end of a feud. You start on after Mania. It's the new season. Do you know what I mean? I just don't... Payback like a football season. Yeah, it's like a football season though. You don't start your new season and play two games after last season, do you, when you start your new one? And that's how it fills with it. Where any any field after Mania, Mania should be the, the stop of the... If you look at the video games, they'll start the day after Mania. Exactly. Exactly. We've also got the US title match with Owens and Jericho. Kevin Owens and Jericho have gone away. Yeah, yep. Kevin Owens. Je- Fozzie on tour. Yep, of course. We said last time. Move on. We said last time we were fucking... Borderline, mate. <laughs> but he still stuck around. Road tag titles, Hardy Boys defending against Shea Zaro. I think Seamus and Zaro. Hardy Boys. Because I suppose it all depends how further on they are in this legal ramifications yeah. of Anthem and that. Because if we are near completion, then we may see a title drop. We may see one go to Raw, one go to SmackDown. And we may see a broken mat and an attitude here as Jeff. That's what I'd like to see. Like, no, I want to see them forever. I love the Hardy Boys. Also, did, just, just, just a quick note. Uh, that picture of Matt Hardy that they've taken for all this week. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Is it like He looks broken in that photo. So is he or is he not? No. You know I mean? Yeah, he is, but they just can't see it. He walks out and does one delete and then stops. Yeah. No, or they'll turn the camera off and they'll put camera on crowds. Who are all going delete, 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 yeah. delete. We've got Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe. Uh, I want to say Small and Joe, but I think it'll be Seth Rollins because he's now running by the King Slayer, is what they're calling him now because he beat fucking Triple H at WrestleMania. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm not, I'm yeah. not feeling Seth Rollins at I'm all. Not, I'm not. Not this current one. No. I'm not. Before injury, maybe, but not now. Got Alexa Bliss challenging for the women's title against Bailey. Alexa Bliss. Alexa, Alexa. Bliss. It's gotta be. Fuck Bailey. She's terrible. Fuck off back to development. OBW have called. We want Bailey back. Alexa Bliss is more entertaining. Yeah. She's fitter and all. Yeah. yeah. Bottom line. I still want, I'm not scared to say. She's I still watch wrestling for boobs. <laughs> Alexa Bliss is miles fit. Bailey looks like a boy. A 12 year old boy. Yeah. 
Wyatt versus Randy Orton in a House of Horrors match. Okay. I'm looking forward to the concept of it's that. It's just going to be the, a cage match with weapons. It's going to be an Ambrose Asylum. Yeah. But, and I'm not bothered. Because they spoiled, they spoiled it all. Because I thought it was going to be for the title. They spoiled what by saying Jinder Mahal wins SmackDown number one contendership and he's going on to fake Randy Orton. Commentator said it. Yeah. So this match, so straight away this is not for the title. So, yeah. Same as you, Christian. I'm interested in seeing the concept, but, nah. Also, just a quick note, I'm off to, off to watch SmackDown Live in Sheffield Arena next month, and Randy Orton is billed as the main event well, with AJ go. Styles and Baron Corbin. And what I think will probably be the headline match, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. It's going to be Roman Reigns. Everyone knows it's going to be Reigns. But I want it to, you know, I could see Roman Reigns burying Strowman with like barrels, you know, like similar to when Jericho did mm. to Kane in a last man standing match at Armageddon. Winning, winning with assistance. Yeah, yeah. he's, yeah, he's yeah. gonna have to do. He's to slay the monster, but he's not gonna win clean. Stra- I yeah. could watch Raw for another, you know, six months of Strowman being the main vo- vocal point of, of the of the show. I, I enjoy watching Strowman. I love watching him beat the crap out. of He's people. moved on leaps and bounds from the Braun Strowman that debuted with White Family. He's he's come on fucking leaps and bounds. It's he's so probably most improved at last year. Oh, definitely. Where's the slam is because he needs that most improved. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you saw them breaking the ring, big show and <laughs> being there done that, da, 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 da. being there done that. It's just another thing to try and make them look amazing and look how strong we are. But I, do, I don't, I don't get. Was it a month that they had match on Raw where they went for twenty minutes about how we've fucking reinforced ring and all that? Well, you've not reinforced this fucker, have you? No. Boom, you straight down. Like the LED screen on no. Here's a question for you though: How do they actually do that? What, no, reinforce the ring? No, make the ring break. How do they make it break? It's, so your four, well, from what I gather, your four ring posts, obviously they're screwed onto the sides of the ring. And if you watch, the um, when the Mark Henry Big Show one, uh, Mark Henry, yeah, Mark Henry Big Show, yeah. you could see one of the strings being pulled in the far corner near the ring, uh, near the ring announcer. Um, and you could see the string that was on the ring post. That was pulled to make the ring post go out and make it all implode. So that's what it is. It's just... I don't know if it's like one circuit or something that you pull one thing and it just makes them all fall like that. But obviously during the break or during when they're having promos, the guys will be coming out loosening the bolts or because obviously you've got a three-hour program, it's a two and a half hour program, two-hour program, sorry. So they can't have the bolts loose for the majority of the match. But I imagine this is again what I just think. But I think that they just loosen the bolts during adverts or whatever, and then when the time's right, they're sturdy as long as you've got that. You've got give on that rope. The minute you let go give them, you can get a yank, bang it, or make it open. I just in. imagine something like Hornswoggle being about the ring waiting to pull the string. From a visual standpoint, <laughs> what get crushed to the knee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, from a visual standpoint, it's beautiful to look at, like, especially watching that ref. Fuck yeah. me. He was the main selling point <laughs> of the match. Yeah, is that anyway, okay? <laughs> shall we move on to a bit of Raw Rumble 2003? Happy New Year, one and all. Yeah. And now, Raw and SmackDown present WWE Royal Rumble, sponsored by PlayStation 2. You sound fucking ready for this. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking, no, I'm generally, I'm looking forward to this. The one investors. I'm more than investors. I'm ready for this. I'm ready to rumble. So... Armageddon, our last pay-per-view extravaganza presented by the WWE. That drew 335,000 buys. This is going to be high. We all said and we all agreed at the Royal Rumble we're going higher. Higher. 
How high have we gone? Double. No. 300. That's less. More. Or 300 more? No. 585,000 people. But it's still down from the Royal Rumble of one year prior, which had 670,000 people. They're nearly 100,000 people down. Wow. That, be, that speaks volumes. That really does. I don't know if it, is it to do with it being transitional or I don't know. I don't know. See, we've got the 2002 Royal Rumble, that Triple H one, yeah. his big return. Yeah. I, that's, the I'm, selling point. They didn't have a selling point for this Royal Rumble. They had Triple H return and everybody was like, Triple H is going to win it. You know, everybody's rooting for Triple H to win it. Whereas this one, I think most people probably thought Brock Lesnar was going to win it. Mm-hmm. But the, there's no real selling point for this Royal Rumble. I'd agree, yeah. No, they, yeah, you, you kind of saw, they were billing Brock as the next big thing, but it was in the world title scene. Yeah. So, yeah. Is, they, they, I, don't, I don't know. Actually, I can't quite remember coming into this. Who did you think we're going to win? Uh, back in the day, I would have probably said someone like Shawn Michaels, maybe. Well, or even Jericho. Yeah. How they were building Jericho. Yeah. I did, I, did Brock go under the radar a little bit? I don't know, maybe, well, further on into this, this podcast, I would actually say that, you know, I said this prior, but like having Lesnar and Big Show opening this pay-per-view, maybe that's like, it was a feeler. I think, this is me just speculating, but maybe they had somebody else in mind to win the Rumble, and maybe they thought, let's put Lesnar against Big Show and just see what sort of a feel Lesnar gets, if he, you know, has Makes the match. Sense. I know, maybe, I don't know, that's me just speculating, but... We don't know what goes on behind the curtains, but, you know, I just... Well, very true, very true. So we get to the pay-per-view. Um, we had Sunday Night Heat before that. Um, we had Spike Dudley defeating Stephen Richards by pinning him with the Dudley dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know what? Spike Dudley and Stephen Richards. Someone like one of those two to win the Rumble. Spike? Spike, Austin Richards. No, Stephen Night Heat. This is one thing that the Royal Rumble misses in today's era and probably the past God knows. The only Royal Rumble that I would not have ever been able to predict a winner was when Chris Benoit won. I didn't I, think I would I have ne- added. I never knew he I was thinking that. more John Cena. Is yeah, it John Cena? Maybe say Jacqueline yeah. Jr. early. Mm. Is that, no, that's not the same Rumble, is it? Is it yeah, 2008. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm glad. Well, yeah, obviously the Cena one as well, mm. but the, the Benoit more. Because I'm thinking more of me having a child's brain. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have expect, expected Benoit to win that. But I, well, I'm try, the point I'm trying to make is basically what, somebody you wouldn't expect in a million years yeah. to win the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Sort of like when Santino Morella Almost won. Almost won. <laughs> like, in the 40 man. I would have marked out so hard. The 40 man was the there for man. Nexus and Cole. Why they didn't carry on and make it a 50 and a 60 and a 60? <laughs> At World War Three and WCW, that was a 60 man. I only had three rings, but it was 60 man. But anyway, let's get to the pay per view. It is the Royal Rumble. Happy New Year, one and all. It's the January 19th. Uh, we are at the Fleet Center in Boston, Massachusetts. Now, at the last pay per view I'm getting, there was 9,000 in attendance. How many is in the Fleet Center? 11. 10. 15,338. Wow. Our closest. The theme tune for the pay-per-view is Falling Apart by a Trust Company, and we are sponsored by PlayStation 2. PlayStation 2. Now, JR, he calls this the 15th Royal Rumble. So, I guess, as it stands at the minute, we're not classifying 1988 
as a Royal Rumble. We only had Hacksaw Jim Duggan won the first one, because that wasn't a, Royal, a, a network Royal. special, a Battle Royal. So it is our first match of the night. The winner qualifies for later on this evening's Royal Rumble. It is Big Show versus Brock Lesnar. Coming in, who's winning? Who's in the Rumble? Lesnar. Lesnar. <laughs> Done. Lesnar. Big Show looked like he was in worse shape of his career in this match. It's Big Show's attire. Awful attire. It looks like... I can't even put my nail on it what it looks like. It's just, it's terrible. Like, big, big Show's had a lot of bad gear. Fat guy black jeans and a black vest. Big Show, 999 when he won World Titleist 5 Series. When he was wearing like a onesie. <laughs> like the only one piece that cut off there and stopped there. That was bad. But this, in his fucking Simon Cowell trousers. And his little fuck. It looks like, like Rabsy Nesbitt, but he's got a black vest on. No, I don't like it. I liked it. Makes him look more real. I disagree. <laughs> he was wearing jeans and a bra. <laughs> yeah, basically, just stretched down. Uh, the match itself, um, as we start, Big Show, he wins the lockup, uh, but loses the power battle in the corner. Um, he blocks a suplex, but Brock, he goes to the knee and gets a second try. Hits a suplex, but then another one, he gets blocked, and then uh, he takes his customary bump. You know how we start. Every Brock Lesnar match we've reviewed so far, he takes like a flare bump in the corner to the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Brock now has a customary bump that you expect, and I'm going to keep an eye out for this. I expect from here on out Brock to do his little corner flare flop. He's terrible at it. You don't do it nowadays. <laughs> I don't know fuck all nowadays. <laughs> we get back in, and Lesnar with boots into the corner and tosses Show around. Uh, Big Show he goes for the charge and he misses, and Brock hits a release German for a two. Uh, Heyman he trips Brock to give Show control. Uh, a choke slam is reversed into a roll up for two, which was quite a good roll up. It was like Benoit does it with Kurt Angle. Where he'll kind of he does it into like a victory roll where he gets up on his shoulders and comes down. It's a great spot, I think, for someone like Brock Lesnar to get. Look, two things I didn't notice in this match the release Germans that he did twice. The fact, I know this is Big Show obviously jumping as well, but it gets him off the floor for a good foot and a half. Well, I think he, you, you've got to give props to Big Show as well for being such a big guy, being able, able to, to take these bumps. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Heyman, he gets brought into the ring by Brock, and uh, an F5 attempt is blocked by Big Show with a chokeslam. Another chokeslam attempt is blocked into an F5, into a very sloppy looking F5. Worst F5 ever. Ever! <laughs> in 6 minutes and 28, Brock Lesnar gets the 1 2 3, and he goes on to qualify for later on the Royal Rumble match. Overall thoughts? Opening contest of the Royal Rumble pay per view. I liked it. I liked it. You know why I liked it? Because they were two main eventers. First opening match, get your fans involved, see a couple of spots. For the fans to watch, you know, get that ooh factor because, you know, as we, we've known previously from different pay-per-views that, you know, sometimes there are going to be some shit matches before the main event. So. It was very sloppy though. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the opening match. Does that give you a little bit more of interest now into the Royal Rumble? With our Brock's now qualified? As a 12-year-old kid, yeah. Yeah. Right. Now you're thinking Brock's going to win. That's what mine... I remember watching yeah. it and my mindset where, now, the winner of this is going to win the Rumble. Now that I'm at, and Big Show, for one, it's, it's obviously we're jumping forward a little bit. He, spoiler alert, never wins a Rumble. No. I know 2000's a bit... Obviously, it comes on after Raw and they have the match at No Way Out because Big Show says he won the Rumble and obviously he's Which he did. for The Rock. Technically, he did. He did, yeah. but in the rule books and in the history books, The Rock's the winner. So it surprised me that someone like... After all, like he got brought in into the wrestling world because he was the son of Andre the Giant and Andre was known for his Battle Royals. It's just a... Sh- Obviously, Big Show was always known for his Battle Royals, but it's just a weird one that he never actually won a Rumble. Hmm. There's one Battle Royal in WWE, yeah. Well, a major one. That, well, he's won various Raw and SmackDown Battle Royals. 
I know he's won fucking multiple Royal Smackdown Battle Royals, but like he's won the wrestle the Andre Giant yeah. teamed up Mania, didn't he? But anyway, we go backstage to Terry Runnels, sexy little devil that she is, interviewing Chris Jericho. Uh, Chris Jericho says tonight he's going to rise to the occasion. Anything Shawn Michaels do, I can do better. Next match of the night, it is the Dudleys. We saw them return at the Survivor Series. They are getting a chance on pay-per-view again, this time in singles action against your reigning champions, still carrying and waving with all their hearts content the un-American flag, one Lance Storm and William Regal. And before any of your thoughts, I need to add straight away, as William Regal comes to the ring, the referee... He's checking them. Nick Patrick, who we all remember Nick Patrick from the invasion angle when he was the nasty, horrible Nick Patrick. Well, he's a good guy now, apparently. And he's checking the un-Americans for weapons. Yeah, he's checking the knee pads, their boots. They're carrying flags. They're carrying metre-long wooden poles. He does that. He's oblivious to that. He's checking for everything else. And then William Regal turns around, and it's a brilliant line of, If you can't trust me, who can you bloody trust? <laughs> <laughs> So coming into the t- coming into the match, taking titles. Who's walking away as champions? Dudleys. On Americans. <laughs> yes, on Americans. So the match itself, um, we get a quite a hot start with Bubba and Storm. Uh, a nice standing figure four leg lock by Bubba onto Storm, which is pretty cool. I really liked it. He kind of literally did the whole figure four leg lock routine, but didn't drop down onto his back. Lance Storm, um, he hits a, a lovely looking uh, jawbreaker, and then Devon tags in and hits his usual Devon to the rope, shoulder block, his spinning finger, spinning wheel kick. Uh, Regal then tags in and he gets hit with a flying elbow, body slam and elbow drop by Devon for two. Uh, Regal hits a lovely T-bone suplex for a two count. And then the USA chants start. Just because you've got Canadians in the ring means the fans, because we co- we've already chanted we want the tables after three minutes, so we can't chant that no more. So what do we chant? USA, USA, yeah, on commentary. After Devon's given his little elbow drop and his little routine, the champions have not got out of the blocks yet. Well, I'm sorry, I just said about three minutes earlier that Lance Storm were doing this and Regal were doing this. So they, they are, they've had a pinning combination at one point. So how are they not out of the blocks yet? The commentary in tonight for a Royal Rumble, for a big four, is this is just one of many moments where they just, I feel like, I don't know about you but I feel like I was let down with commentary from someone like JR and the King. They did majority of this. Well, I wouldn't yeah. expect it from the King and JR. You'd expect it from Colin Taz. Colin Taz, yeah. yeah. At that one point, was he having somebody screaming in his ear? That, that I always question that. Is Vince having a go at you when you're trying to say something? I bet it's difficult. Yeah. Especially if someone like a modern day, uh, what's his name, Byron Saxton. Because he always gets his words wrong. He always muddles over his line. So you can guarantee after every line, Vince is going, Damn it, Byron! <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Byron. Landstorm, he then gets to sleep all on to Devon. And then Devon finally makes the hot dog to Bubba. And it is clothesline city. I think I counted six. So he tagged in, hot tag, close down to Regal, to Storm, Regal, Storm, Regal, Storm. I think Storm a couple of times in a row. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm all down for a hot tag. And one thing that always kind of annoys me with tag team wrestling is the older I got, the more wiser I got. That a, ta- a, a tag team match is building up to that hot tag from the face. But do it right, like Billy Gunn for all his faults, and we will touch on that later. Where the fuck is Billy Gunn? <laughs> Yet again, another three hours of WWE TV. Still not Billy Gunn, but... Billy Gunn knew how to do a hot tag. Yeah, he would do various moves, tilt low, power bombs, drop kicks, all sorts of stuff. This was clothesline, 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 clothesline. As soon as I hit this third clothesline, the fans were like, eh. and that, the fa- that is another thing to Is that because it's D1 Dudley, though? 
No, it's Bubba. It was Bubba that tagged him. Bubba so did the hot is it tag. because it's Bubba, Bubba Dudley though? No, because that should be Bubba. Usually with the hot tag is usually one of the spurring moments with the Dudleys. Usually, ninety-nine percent of Dudleys matches is that's that's built up towards the end of the three D and the table. Well, is there a yeah. reason? I was yes, because they shouldn't have been put back together. I'm thinking no. I'm thinking more along the lines: Is there somebody injured in that match? Are there only so many matches? That, uh, yeah. No, I, I, I don't think no one were injured. I, I just think it's this, cr- it's this. Well, you don't know, do you? But I think it's this crowd. I used to just think this crowd was built to be flat all night. We then get the was up headbutt moment, which for me still is a, as a 31 year old watching it back. I fucking still say it along. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> always say it along. They go to get the tables, but before that we get a double flapjack on Stone for a two count. Chief Moore then runs down with a brass knuck, so Val Venus to me and you. Uh, but Dave on the he managed to get the, uh, the brass knucks after a distraction. Hits them on Storm. One, two, three in seven minutes and 23 seconds. Your new tag team champions on Monday Night Raw is Bubba Ray and Dave on the Dudley Boys. With their old music again. With their old music again. Copyright. That really pissed me off. Was that just not the network? Were you watching it on the network? Yes. That could have been just the network. I watched it again on the network. And they had, get up, get up, get up, drop the bomb. You know, I think that was a bit of a chore, just, uh, you know, podcasting that one match to me. It's, it's, it's just rough. not an ex- Yeah, yeah but as, as any raw tag team title match since we started this way back at Vengeance. They're all shit. They're all boring. <laughs> Nothing's. They're boring. <laughs> Nothing. The, the four-way. Uh, that, that what, so, to, to me. The four-way only, Survivor Series. At a pay-per-view, there are only not two. Not Survivor Series. There are only two raw tag team matches that have been interesting. And they've both been, like, multiple tag teams. Yeah, in the matches. just because it's extra guys. Yeah. A two-on-two, like, that's just boring at the moment for me. Our next match, for the first time ever in WWE history, we've had our cage matches, we've had our Hell in the Cell matches, our Buried Alive matches, our Last Man Standing matches, but for the first time ever, Stepmother versus Stepdaughter. <laughs> Tony Wilson versus Dawn Marie. Yeah, I was a bit, bit distracted during this match. Uh, probably imagine both Dawn and Tony look smoking. Oh, Tori with the fucking white suspender thing on the gear. Ho ho! See, 12 year old me locked at the bathroom door. <laughs> Here comes the money! <laughs> Matt Strong gets a cheap shot on Tori. Then Tori comes back with a spear and a hair toss. <laughs> it then, wasn't with <laughs> You say a spear! Like, it wasn't, it was like cuddle on the floor. <laughs> so I say I'd like to spear Tori. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Sonny's on Snapchat now? Get your son on Snapchat. She'll let you spear you. She's been given AIDS by Seth Rollins, hasn't she? Yeah, have you seen it though? It's bollocks. Have you seen this? Yeah, she said he's a fake Yeah, She says. Back to this match though. (laughs) If you can call it a match. No. Dawn almost breaks Tori's arm because Tori's great selling about it. Oh, it was terrible. She fucking. It was awful. There's an arm drag on Tori, but Tori forgets that when she comes over, she's got to fall to the floor. So Dawn basically grabbed her and threw her, and Dawn went, oh shit, and Tori went, shit, I've got to follow her. And literally broke her arm, it was fucking dire. Just like this match, get to fucking finish. They come for two, to, as then Tori starts to sell it, after being... She does, yeah, she comes to Tori, told by Rev, you have to sell. Like Rob Van Dam, uh, was it, uh, Rebe- no, not Rebellion, which one was it with Rob Van Dam, where he had a neck injury? But then he won't fucking match and Spine stood up middle rope and went like that. No, it's fine too much. Yes, Flair. 
against no, Flair. Mercy. No mercy, yeah. And they stood up in the middle of the rope and went, yeah, I've won. And then they went, oh shit, I've got a bad neck. <laughs> they both collide in the corner. Dawn hits the clothesline. Ventoya hits the neck breaker for the one, two, three. In three minutes and 37 seconds. Thank God. Three minutes. Now, there were more time spent on this in the build-up in the video package and the entrances than the match itself. And I'd just like to say, and I'm sure I speak on all of, on behalf of all of us, and R.I.P. Al Wilson. Rest in peace. You'll never be forgotten. God bless your soul. We miss you already. I really miss Thank you. you for touring. <laughs> Thank you for the memories. Okay, guys. We'd also just like to say, look, we've been doing this for about six months now, and we really, 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 really do appreciate the support that we're getting. So I thought I'd do a little bit, well, we all thought we'd do a bit of a shout-out for all you guys that are listening. We don't know your names. We haven't searched your names. We're not like that. (laughs) Basically, we've stoked the shit out of all our (laughs) listeners. Now, basically, what we're going to do, guys, is we've, this is only uh, purely through SoundCloud. Um, We're not, because iTunes is being iTunes, and at the minute, we're only available in the UK on iTunes because we're still waiting for um, a clearance from Apple. And if you listen to Apple, fucking up your game. Except for two months now we've been waiting. But anyway, all our listeners on SoundCloud in the last seven days. So we'd like to thank these countries. So we've got Finland, we've got Austria, the USA, UK, Australia, New Zealand, and our newest one is Pakistan. And we'd also like to thank Brunswick, Ohio, with nine listeners. We've got Mountain View, California, with 22 listeners. Scotttown, Ohio, with five listeners. Nicholas, Kentucky, three listeners. Both Coats, Australia, three listeners. Seattle, Newburyport, Dunfermline, Taranga, New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, man, New Zealand. New Zealand, thank you, God. The fact we've got <laughs> listeners in Australia. But guys, for all those that Christian just mentioned there, if you are one of those that's listening to this episode, drop us a message on Twitter, drop us a message on Facebook, let us know. I mean, we'll happily give you a shout out. Let us know. Let us know your favourite ruthless aggression era moment. And Birmingham. Don't and forget, Bir- don't forget Birmingham. Birmingham. Don't forget Birmingham. Two listeners in the last seven days in Birmingham. But guys, yeah, obviously we, we, you know us. We're always trying to make a bit of humour or anything. But in all seriousness, from the thank bottom of my heart, yeah, thank you ever, ever so much for every single one of you that takes time out to listen to us, interact on Facebook, Twitter, watch our YouTube videos, um, and may it continue because I'm sure I'm a, the boys will agree. It's going to be a hell of a ride. And thank you very much. So moving on to the World Heavyweight title match from the Raw brand. It is Scott Steiner, who made his return at Survivor Series in a bumbling, mumbling way. And give me that fucking mic. Uh, Against the master and leader of everything Raw. One Paul Levesque, or otherwise known as Triple H. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce to you the new World Heavyweight Champion, Triple H! This is a ceremony that is so richly and rightfully deserved. Maybe I should try to be a little more humble, but God knows it's hard to be humble when you're Triple H. You see, you can name anyone in this industry, and I've beaten them all. And whether anybody likes it or not.
contract says I get a world title shot. If not, I'm out of here. I'll tell you what, Eric. You give Scott Steiner his world title match. Now, I said world title shot. He said Royal Rumble. I say tonight. Oh, boy. Here we go. Scott Steiner. I am not afraid of Scott Steiner. No, week after week, Triple H has been coming up with games. First, he wants to have an arm wrestle match. Look at Triple H! He is gonna put down Freak Zilla! Wait a minute. Oh, no! Look out, he'll break your arm! Oh! And I'll beat him in that! What is gonna be going through the head of Triple H right now? So, a bit of build-up into, uh, into Triple H and Scott Steiner. Obviously, as we've seen in the last two, three weeks of Raw, uh, we've had them do a bit of a My Dick's Bigger Than Yours competition. We've had arm wrestling. We've had press-ups. We've had pose-downs. Uh, we had, Very, Steiner, uh, we had Steiner even offer a, uh, a bench press competition that Triple H didn't accept. Uh, but very much like you just said then, Mike. You know, actually, just a little bit off-topic, but you know, speaking of Triple H... How we've been talking about him burying people. The burial express. The burial express. <laughs> a long time ago, on BBC, for all the UK listeners, and I'm sure in America you probably know what BBC is. It's the British Broadcast Channel. Um, Corporation. If you're going to do it, say it, mate. Yeah. Well, basically, on BBC, there used to be a, a programme. I don't know if you guys remember it. But it was called Ground Force. You had uh, Alan, Alan Titchmarsh. Charlie Dimmer. Oh, it nipples. That gingerbread. Yeah. <gasps> She refused to free the nipple. Yeah, I had the, the muscular girl. guy, muscular fattish guy, Tommy. Tommy. I don't know his second Is it name. just Tommy? Or Tom, it? Just call him Tommy. <laughs> just call him Tommy. But basically, there was an episode. I was watching my mum and dad, and I can vaguely remember 
Alan Titchmarsh <laughs> saying to uh, Tommy and Charlie, get the shovels. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> that always reminds me of Triple H. I could just imagine, get yeah. the shovels, and Triple H comes out to the ground floor steam truck. Like one of those crappy, cheesy adverts. Yeah, and Triple H was walking out, you need the shovels. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody say shovel? <laughs> and just passes it to Alan Tickmarsh. Uh, so, on to our latest episode of Ground Force. <laughs> it is Triple H versus Scott Steiner for the world title. Who's walking out as the champion? Scott Steiner. Trips ain't gonna let a WCW guy win. Now, what got me about Scott Steiner has made his entrance. As you notice on his pants, which are quite new from his WCW days, he's got a number one on his pants, which is in the American flag. So I may be a steroid-induced monster. But I'm still American. <laughs> USA! USA! Yeah, I don't understand. Do you reckon that was his Do you reckon he actually knew it was number one? I, I don't think his, maths, his math on. skills are up to scratch. Oh, his math skills. That promo with Samoa Joe in TNA. Yeah, I think you've got 33% chance of winning, but then because Kurt Angle's involved, that now means you've got a 16% chance of winning. And I think half every promo he got lost himself. Yes. When he thought, Fuck Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me. I've come this far, I'm just going to carry on. 66 2 Once Scott Steiner enters the ring, JR... It plays up the, the psychological advantage to the uh, the match. And to basically distract us away from the fact that what we're about to see is it's going to be, be a shit. fucking big pile of steaming poo. Yeah, I, w- I would definitely agree. I mean, I can remember so when, we, many botches. when we were watching the match ourselves, we were laughing at some of the really bad botches that Steiner was pulling off. Well, to, to jump forward ten minutes into the match, when Scott Steiner went to do the slingshot onto Triple H, he had to stop and catch his breath for a minute. With five minutes into that match. And this is what I went when we were when we were watching it earlier, this is exactly what I said that Scott Steiner got brought in far too above, above his level. Yeah. Just because he was one of the WCW main event on their dying days. Do you know I mean a world champion on last episode of Nitro, he lost the world title to Booker T. So he was a main event guy. And Vince being Vince, he's brought him in and thought, well, WCW saw his main event. I can do that and a bit better. But look at the fucking state of him. Look at Scott Steiner compared to 1993-94 Scott Steiner. Ten years ago. Ten years, right? The WrestleMania 9. The Steiner brothers against the head shrinkers. Scott Steiner finished the match with his Frankensteiner. He throws Samuel to the ropes, do his Frankensteiner to finish the match. Could you imagine 2003 Scott Steiner doing this? And, fucking let's get a little bit modern day, debuting for IWA. One Scott Steiner will be teaming with Josh Matthews, tough enough reject to rat all three, right? Against Jeremy Borash and a, is it a partner of his choosing or something like that? Or is it? I don't, I don't really watch it. I, would go, I, I saw it on a dirt sheet earlier. So Scott Steiner is back in Impact Wrestling in 2017. And the reason why WWE won't have him is probably because he is on steroids. Easily, guaranteed. There is no way that somebody. You don't he's, get... he's got the same muscle mass, if not more. And what he had in 2003, and it's now 2017, that's not natural gains. That's He's fucking 50-odd now. That's not natural gains. I'm surprised he's not dead, if I'm being completely honest. I'm, I'm right. surprised he's I wrote about this other day, uh, and it's, uh, not, not to wish, and this was on the back of um, Rosie, and obviously we'll touch on this a little bit later with Rosie, with RIP. Um, there's so many that have put their bodies through horrendous situations while still alive 
Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan has pumped himself through so many drugs and he's still alive, but we're losing people like Eddie Guerrero. Ben Wah. Ben, well, you. Roddy Piper. Do you know what I mean? Who've... The level that no, but the level that they battered themselves is nothing compared to your Ric Flair's and your Hogan's of the world. Yeah. And your Scott Steiner's of the world. But I think we've touched on this a long time ago on our podcast. Money talks. It does. The more money you've got, the more comfortable lifestyle you live. I think we bottom touched line. it with Rico, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Bottom line. And Rico, I, I don't know. I've not seen any updates from him for it since we touched on it in Vengeance or something. It was way, way back when. Um, I'd like to think he's living a better life now. Well, I've not heard anything which is no news is good news, I suppose. Yeah. I think he's uh, copied Vegas. No, he was, and then he fell on bad times. And that's where he, he did like a just um, a GoFundMe account. And that's where I'm, I'm sure it was Vendors when we were covering it. And he did a GoFundMe account and we were talking about it. But I've not heard anything ever since then. So hopefully he's the GoFundMe account did something. Because I know Jericho popped in five grand as he does. As per. We <laughs> uh, by the extra five grand. Yeah, Jericho, if you're listening, <laughs> you want to put five grand this way, so we've always been a fan. Okay, so the Steiner and the Triple H match is a slugfest to start, and Steiner, is, right, Steiner hits a press slam on him. Trip ta- Trips takes a breather, but Steiner follow with more stiff shots and a clothesline. This is definitely not a classic match. <laughs> it's really in. We're literally, what, we're about two or three minutes in now, and it is just Steiner with punches and chops. Steiner hits a few forearms to Trips and more chops in the corner, which I think is quite competitive. Yeah, it was. Triple H hits a jawbreaker, but Steiner no-sells and hits a fucking... <laughs> oh, Did you it. see it? Did you see it, though? He literally like, he got hit, and he was up quicker than Triple H was. Like, I ain't selling for that. <laughs> Triple H rakes the eyes of Steiner and hits a belly-to-belly suplex on Steiner for a two-count. He tries for the recliner, but Flair pulls Triple H out the ring. Triple H with Steiner. He takes him, puts him into the ring steps. And after this, Triple H now starts to take over. Triple H hits a swinging neckbreaker, and since it's not wrestling dormery, he only gets a two. <laughs> Triple H sets up pedigree, but Steiner hits a very slow catapult. That's the catapult! So I was saying with the catapult. So Triple H he goes for the pedigree, but Steiner flips him down, and then he goes. <sighs> and then there's the catapult, he has to get his breath. See, he's blown up, isn't he? He's blown up. Steiner hits an exploder suplex, but he is blown. He is blown up still, and he falls down. Then Triple H goes with a suplex, and Steiner looks absolutely. <laughs> he's fucked him up. He's so gassed. He was gassed when he got Holler if you hear me. Holler if you got any oxygen. <laughs> Steiner then hits two belly to bellies. Um, but remember, guys, this isn't Seth Rollins. <laughs> this guy, is, he's absolutely puffed. Um, shouts, who's the man? <laughs> not fucking you. So it's yeah. You're That's definitely the, the man. Because it's, it's about to melody goes to the crowd. Who's the man? The crowd like, yeah, not you. <laughs> no, really, not you. Rick, if anything. Going back to what you said, Dave. Scott Steiner goes for a butterfly suplex and obviously botches that as well. <laughs> Falls flat on his ass. <laughs> flat on his ass. You know what? We could probably get a Scott Steiner video package, put it all together, and just, just see botches. how badly how bad he actually is. Oh, it's bad. Well, I think botch radio will be Flair and Triple H take a walk, but Steiner cuts them off. 
And then Ric Flair chucks a belt into the ring, and uh, obviously it's for Triple H, and Steiner grabs the belt, and he hits Triple H with it. And then, oh, oh Blade City, bitch! <laughs> Mental. Top graduate of Ric Flair School of Blading. And then he goes, uh, fights outside the ring, uh, gets a chair, uh, but decides to do a press-up instead. <laughs> Like, I'm not, I don't get this guy. I don't get Scott. In fact, you know what, Test? I like you now. Scott Steiner. Steiner. Steiner is now my, you know, I don't like you, Scott Steiner. He's Big Papa Pump. Big Papa shit. That's what he is. Fucking Scott Steiner. Oh, he's going to get his pump off. I can't wait to fuck off from the WWE. It's not long. It's not long. So then he gets, he gets Bill Il Hebner, tosses him. To be fair, that's where the match should have finished because obviously we know how it finishes. That should have been that's how it finished. That would have been a perfect way to carry it on. But then Earl Hebner's like, no, I want his no oh, clean finish. I want it to be a clean let finish. Let have a clean finish uh, with blood all over Triple H's <laughs> face. Yeah. yeah. Uh, trying to make Steiner look a bit strong. I don't know. Going into the next paper. Well, of course. Yeah, of course. But all overall, for a mate for. You know, they're main event guys, meant to be. Triple H definitely is, but fucking... Dragging him down. Scott They still drag... Like, ever since we started doing this podcast, like, when we first start, when we first started doing Raw and Smackdowns, where I did Raw, you did Smackdown, I was very passionate about Raw, but it's hard to be passionate when Scott Stein is main event of Raw, and that's what he delivers in his debut match. Well, I say his debut, in his return. But it's his de- a singles competition that is like his... his the, the Scott Steiner gimmick of the blonde hair goatee and stuff, the new age Scott Steiner, that is his debut. Right, because not once during this match did they mention Scott Steiner and Rick Steiner being tag team champions in WWE. Yeah. Let, let me put this in perspective, right? The Rock versus John Cena, the once in a lifetime, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I would, the Rock had been away, what, 10 years for, before he'd been something wrestling? Like that. Ages. Yeah, yeah, and I enjoyed like that. that match way more. That was actually a decent match. The Rock wasn't even... It weren't that gassed, to be fair. And it was a decent match. Steiner looked in shape. He looked in shape. So did Rock. (laughs) No, I'm not not disagreeing with that. I'm saying with Steiner, he looked in shape. But it's... But is that what... Aesthetically, it looks perfect. Well, you say what he's got going on inside. You could say that for Batista 2014. Exactly. It looks good, but what's he got going on inside? Goldberg. Goldberg, exactly. Goldberg got knackered after his first spear. But moving on. Our last match before the Royal Rumble. Two men with a storied past. I've been waiting for this moment for a long, long time. One epic encounter. One night to settle it all. Kurt Angle knows that Chris Benoit has his number. Kurt Angle. The name of the game is wrestling. That's what we do best. Chris Benoit. If there is one thing that I believe in, that I am better than Kurt Angle. The WWE Championship. Raw and SmackDown present Royal Rumble, sponsored by PlayStation 2, live tonight on Pay-Per-View. Now, I'm going to kind of come a little bit controversial on this, because since we started this, I'd like to think I've been very pro-Kurt Angle and very, very pro-Chris Benoit. Yeah. Big fan. We all have. Right? Now, I remember this match very fondly as being one of the matches of the year, matches of 2003. But when I watch this back... It was as good as the Unforgiven match. My exact notes. The minute this match... And I've not written down any notes this match because I wanted to sit back and enjoy the match. But my actual notes that I've written from the, at the end of this match, the minute the, the free count happened, yeah? The first half is very good. But only very good. 
The second half is meh. Now I remember this match as being not just very good, being fucking five star. But not one point during this match did I stop and think. Like, we jump in that time machine, the ultimate submissions match they have in not near, near distant future. It's fucking brilliant. I, in my memory, this was on par. But it was like, as I've written down in my notes, they kind of go through their movesets and they trade low impact manoeuvres and then tease a finisher and then gets reversed. And that formula for me was the exact fucking distance of this match. It was 19 minutes and 49 seconds, this match. And it, for me, it was in five minute blocks. That's how it was booked. It was Benoit in control, anger in control. Is someone going to finish? No, they're not. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Let me just go in one. I just this is just after my from my brain. I've just thought in my head now. But can you name me at least one match from any Royal Rumble pay per view that you remember and you really enjoyed? Chris Benoit, uh, uh, Chris Jericho ladder match. That was I was just about to say that one. Sorry. Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle. What a question. <laughs> the best Royal Rumble preliminary match. So not before this one. Any any Royal Rumble. Any. Yeah. Cena AJ Styles. Yeah. No. Was That's already matching yeah. you that. I was going to say, for some reason, in my brain. Do you know what I quite like? Jeanette and Shawn Michaels, Royal Rumble 93, for IC title. Never watched it. Man. You are coming on the side now, guys, and I'm going to plug now. Sorry. You've now allowed me the perfect time to plug. I also have my own little shindig. Shindig? Shindig. Shindig. Perfect time for me to plug there, Christian. I also have my own little shindig. Uh, Wrestling's Worst Podcast. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at WWPodcast20. I'm going to get you on, Christian. We're going to have a little episode. We'll Skype it and we'll sit and watch Roll Rumble 93. Okay. Awesome. Because I've just done I've just done WrestleMania 10 of a little plug. I've just done WrestleMania 9, the whole pay-per-view with Jay Giles from the Kidron and Jay Show. Shout out to them. Um, I know they'll be listening because they do. They love us. Of course. Um, and we've just done WrestleMania 9. We'll go backwards and I'll get you on, Christian, at some point and we'll do... Uh, Okay, and I'm going to plug while, while we're here. Oh, the CJ feet. Show. <laughs> My feet. <laughs> the CJ Show. I'm not going to go too much in detail. I've been away from the CJ Show for a while because I've been more focused on concentrating on the RAO podcast. But what I would like to say is I am on YouTube. <coughs> it's called the CJ Show. New video coming out soon. It's called Baby Feet. I'm not going to say any more. Just stay tuned and watch. For Eat me. a fucking candle. <laughs> and where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on YouTube. At the CJ Show. On Twitter, it's at the, yeah, I, I'm not as good as Dave with <laughs> hashtag bollocks, but yeah, basically, you can find me. I'm on YouTube. Marvellous. But I was about to say, with the Royal Rumble, one yeah. of the matches that came to my mind as well, I don't know why, and you could tell me why, maybe, Rey Mysterio versus Edge at the Royal Rumble 2008. Do you remember that? That had a good finish. But... I can remember Rey Mysterio. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know why. No, I, I, don't, just, I, I remember that one. Who won Rumble? Uh, Cena. Of course, yeah. I remember that really well, that match. I'll see you in five years. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, as we're about halfway through the pay-per-view, as you've heard on numerous episodes we've done a quiz, well, we've got bored of that. So what we're going to do is hand over to Mike in our newsroom, who's going to run through some of the topical content, UK and US side, in January of 2003. So in the news in January 2003, we had... Space Shuttle Columbia launched its final mission. It featured more than 80 experiments from around the world. However, on its return to Earth, it exploded on impact. What the fuck is Space Shuttle? Was that just a NASA thing, Space Shuttle yes. Columbia? 
Also, Homeland Security began operations. Okay. I thought that was a lot earlier. 2003? Yep. Alright. Uh, the Super Bowl. Who won? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Way! One of my favourites then. Oh no, they are. Shout oh. out to all our fans in Tampa Bay. I ain't got a fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> The UK number one single at that time was David Snedden. Oh, that is some extra. Stop music, living the lie. Yeah. What a tune. Never. Did you know, heard. I'm going to splice that in right now. Now we go to the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes. Now, who do you think won the best drama actor award? In 2003? Yeah. Katie Vick. Actor. Male. Will Smith. Stop being, no, you can't, no. What did we say earlier? You can't stereotype genders. You, you, they're called actors now. Male and female. Well, so 2003. I stand, I stand by what I said. This is Katie 2003. Vick. Oh, um, LL Cool J. Who did you say? Will Smith. No, let me have a proper answer. Tom Cruise. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson for... About Schmidt. Good movie. Yeah. Never heard of it. The best actor in a musical or comedy. Who did you Adam Sandler. In a music, musical comedy. Music or comedy. Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler or Ben Stifler. Is it Stifler? Ben Stiller. <laughs> ben Stifler. Is it Ben Yeah, Ben. Jim, Adam Sandler or Ben Stiller? Jim Carrey. Jimmy Wang Yang. Richard Gere for Chicago. What the fuck? That's not oh, a comedy. Musical. I can't. Oh, comedy or musical. Yeah, which should uh, Which actress won that one? Do you think? Uh, Kelly Brook. You were in Chicago, weren't you? You were at West End. She was. Um, she was. Reece, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Reese Witherspoon. Renee Zellweger. That's all you meant. For Chicago. <laughs> the best drama actress. R Ellen Minnan. Rihanna. <laughs> in 2003, you think that Rihanna <laughs> was best dramatic actress. Oh, I'll be serious for a minute. Can I be serious for a minute? Don Marie. Pamela Anderson. Don Marie. Nicole Kidman. Yeah, of course. Shout out to our Australian fans. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think won best director? Spielberg. Oh, uh, no, no, that, that new one that I can never pronounce, Amalam Shangabang. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, don't you? I'm going to say... Amalam um, Shangabang, <laughs> that one. Him, him that produced Avatar, whatever his name is, and directed it. That was Amalam Shangabang. So you think M. Night Shyamalan, That's you think him, James Cameron? M. Night Shyamalan. Martin Scorsese for oh, Gangs of New York. That's a good film. Never seen it. And those were the biggest events as of January 2003. Fucking riveting. Brilliant. Takes me back. I can't wait for next month. <laughs> Tampa Bay. Who'd have thought they'd win? Come on, that James Snedden and David Snedden. James Snedden, stop living the lie. He's one of those faces, though. I have no idea who he is. You do. I remember him. You do. I play the track. You do. I'm going to splice the track yeah. in. You're going to love it. Forgot it already. <laughs> so, it's time for our main event. Building up our first ever on the Art Era podcast. It is time for the 30 man over the top rope. Winner goes to WrestleMania. Royal 
Rumble. So, on December the 23rd, 2002, Eric Bischoff, he declares, 15 from Raw, 15 from SmackDown, the winner goes on to fight said brand's title. I don't agree with that. Makes sense, I think. That, that takes away, but I know we're not in that era at the minute, but there's no surprise entrances there. Yeah. It's very similar to how candidate yeah. were in 17, where it was halfway, SmackDown halfway Raw, it was like, well, who's going to sacrifice a spot for said surprise entrance? And obviously in this Royal Rumble, we have none. Nada. In 2014, that popped like a little bitch when Diesel came out. <laughs> Two, uh, 995, Dick Murdoch. When he got, you don't have a clue, have you? Dick, uh, so, uh, Royal Rumble 95, Shawn Michaels when he victory, got the victory over British Bulldog. During about number 22 or 23, Dick Murdoch comes out. And Dick Murdoch went back in the 80s. Um, and his finisher was a Cesaro airplane spin, but he put him on the shoulders and spun like torture rack and spun round. He did it in the rumble on, I want to say like head shrinker fucking Rikishi or something like that. And did it and then spent 10 minutes at the corner like, fuck, I'm dizzy. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. But this, no, no returns, no new guys, no. On that note, just a little side note, who has been the best ever surprise entrant for you personally? That you did not in the a one million years that ago. made me proper mark, proper mark. AJ Styles. Nah, that made me. Mar- I, I knew. I knew about it. Mark. was like one that made me proper mark was Haku 2001 because I've been a big Haku fan in the 80s when he was a tag team manager giant. He went over to WCW, became Meng, and obviously put on a shit ton of weight, grew his hair out, and what we we got Meng, but they were still calling him Haku, and I was like. I remember the Meng! Meng! Yeah, no, that made me, because I was like 16, that made me mark the fuck out, yeah. I was, I'm, I'm, I don't know. It wasn't actually a return, but it was a build up to his return, and that is uh, the Royal Rumble 2004, and that's when The Undertaker's gun goes off, when Kane's in the middle of the ring. Yeah. That yes. had me marking like a bitch. And especially that, that was... because he was. The American Badass and then Dead Man's coming back finally. Speaking of The Undertaker, as we have seen over the last three episodes of SmackDown, now, I'm going to have to eat my words now because I spoke about it twice in our last episode with the Raw SmackDown reviews, that it looks like the Demon Undertaker is returning. Because we have seen vignettes of Undertaker in mid-80s, uh, mid, early, well, early to mid-90s. We have seen vignettes of Undertaker being Ministry of Darkness, which was the last episode before the Rumble. So they are telling the fans, and I was convinced, that we are seeing the dead man return. Obviously, jumping in an hour's fucking time machine, it's a <laughs> typical Undertaker. Yeah. I don't get the vignettes. It's, it's like, honestly, we know what's happening. We know what's going to happen at WrestleMania. Yeah? We know we, we know what's coming down the line. In a, in a year's time, we're getting the return of the dead man. Yeah, we all know that. But it was like they were advertising it now. False we're getting vignettes of Ministry of Darkness Undertaker. Now, well, I think I'm going to say this now. I think that they were going to bring back the Dark Undertaker, but then they changed plans like last minute. Yeah. Well, I looked into yeah, this. Yeah, I looked into yeah. this after I watched it and I couldn't find nothing. There was nothing. All it was, Undertaker was just taking a bit of time out and he was coming back at the Rumble. It, there was no injury. There was no nothing. It was, but I don't understand with all these vignettes of. The, the dead man, the Ministry of Darkness. Like, Ministry of Darkness is Ultimate Undertaker. Do you know what I mean? That is Undertaker at his darkest. And you're advertising that the Thursday before the fucking Rumble. And then you get Undertaker, as we're going to get to in the Rumble, you get to Undertaker's entrance and bang, it's... Rolling, rolling, rolling. 
Yeah, who won't use a lip biscuit? But anyway, just to finish on the background information of the Rumble, um, on the 6th of January's episode of Raw, uh, HBK and Jericho had a bit of a tete-a-tete, let's say, about who's going to be number one, who's going to win. Uh, Michaels, uh, he wanted to kind of um, replicate what he did in 95. And then we got to a Fatal 4-Way match on that episode. Um, sorry, the week later, on the 13th of January episode of Raw, we got a Fatal 4-Way of Kane, Roman, Nam, Batista and Jericho. The winner will be able to choose their number. Um, Jericho won the match, and he chose number two because Shawn Michaels has chose number one. So we know, as it stands, coming into the Rumble, who numbers one and two are. Does that not take away, is this just me, does that not take away a little bit of the surprise from the Rumble? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like to know who's coming in. I want to know. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, no problem. But first and second and third? I, I hate the fact that they it's not in this one, but when they start bringing the lottery balls. Yeah. Uh, there are some comical moments with the lottery balls. Well, the most recent one, when Dean Ambrose picks his, and then he picks Sammy's room, he says... Well, no, it, hey, to me, I have to disagree. I have to disagree hey. because for me... Um, what makes a Royal Rumble is seeing the backstage moments of them picking out of a, out of a bingo, a tumbler machine, picking their numbers. And like you get jumping a time machine, we get the moment with Eddie Guerrero and Ric Flair, where Eddie Guerrero nicks Ric Flair's number. But back in the day, like Ted DiBiase, um, 98 Rumble, he was 30, and then 1998 he was number one. And they made a big kerfuffle over it, where, but in 1989 he bought, he swapped his Rumble number with somebody to make sure he got 30. So but I always like where they need that backstage. So I'd, I'd have to disagree with you. I think that the tumbler and the bingo machine, that makes them all numbers. Sometimes it does work. Just, no just the commentators telling you what numbers they are. You know, it's not knowing the numbers. It's seeing them pick the numbers. I don't want to know what they've got. Like with the Ric Flair and Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. You saw Eddie Guerrero nick Flair's number, but you didn't know what numbers they were. You just saw him nick it. That's what I mean. I, don't want to, I just don't want to know who's who's coming out when it's more that takes away the surprise factor so do you know what annoys me christian about the Royal rumble these days what's that is that howard finkel does not tell you what's guani yeah no more howard finkel that's bad howard finkel's a good howard finkel to introduce the rules ladies and gentlemen it is now time for the Royal rumble and howard finkel goes through the rules every single year and i'd happily have him back just for the rumble, yeah. to walk through the rules. Yeah. And to celebrate the fact that Howard Finkel is an ultimate G in MCing a Royal Rumble announcement. So guys, what I'm going to do for you as a special treat for our listeners is I'm going to take you through the rules of the Royal Rumble match. In the words of Howard Finkel. We didn't agree to this. <laughs> We've agreed now, motherfucker. I thought I could just do my normal posh voice. No, no, it's got to be no, not just right. No, we're supposed to be. We we sell the fact that we're a Yorkshire podcast. Right. Oh, hello, welcome <laughs> to the Room for Discretionary Podcast. My name is Christian. I'm married. <laughs> 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 so you got to do it in Howard Finkel terms. Oh, okay, I'll, do it. I'll try my very best. <clears throat> Remember, his voice is like a fucking roller coaster. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'll give him a best shot. It's now time for the Royal Rumble match. Here are the rules. In just a few moments, the individuals who drew number one and two, respectively, will enter the ring and the Royal Rumble match will begin. (laughs) Then, every minute and a half, thereafter another superstar enters the ring and the match continues. Elimination occurs when an individual is thrown over the top rope 
but both feet must touch the floor. The last superstar remaining in the ring, after all 30 individuals have entered, will not only win the Royal Rumble, but will get a title shot at WrestleMania. <laughs> that was Did you awesome. Like... <laughs> Did you like that? Awesome. Oh, sorry, my voice has gone all... Absolutely. Like I'm, uh, Absolutely. Awesome. The number one entrant in our first Royal Rumble. Oh, shut You think I'm cute? I know I'm sexy. Is one heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Is this going to be a repeat of 95? Coming in. I, like I said earlier, I thought Shawn Michaels might, should win this Royal Rumble. They could go the distance They're pushing it that way. They're pushing it that way. And the man who drew number two. You know I got you. Yeah. Break the walls down. But it's not. Because instantly, the thickest of people in the world could stop and think, that is, A, it's either Chris Jericho wearing an extra large shirt, or that's not Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. At last, you're on your own. Those damn Canadians. Right, and do you know what got me as well? Obviously, Chris Jericho, he then comes in under, from under the ring or from the crowd. Low blow, Shawn Michaels take control. But while he's punching Shawn Michaels, you've got Christian still in the entrance ramp, in full Jericho gear, shadow boxing, so every time Jericho hits <laughs> Michaels, like the Mason fucking Sandow. <laughs> you've got, That's where they got the gimmick You've got Christian punching along with air every time. Chris Jericho, he works over HBK. Um, <laughs> he says, You're the number one son of a bitch! <laughs> Brilliant. Um, he goes outside and gets a chair. And he comes back in. And we're not even a minute into the rumble. Not even a minute! Another graduate from Ric Flair's school of blading. <laughs> Ric Flair sat in the back with the biggest direction ever because Shawn Michaels had just bladed in a rumble. In a rumble. Yeah, that's that's quite heavy. Did Flair do that? Me as a twelve-year-old kid, as a twelve-year-old kid, I'm quite upset. Even Flair did blade it rumble. Um, number three. That's in Johnny Jones. That's not Chris Nowinski. <laughs> but it's everyone's favourite Harvard graduate. <laughs> is it? I can't even think what it is. Anyway, so Chris Dominski comes to the ring and he stops in the aisle way and the light goes there. Uh, click on, click on, kid. You, you, I'll, I'm alright, I'm good. I'll, I'll just admire from distance. HBK is then worked over by Jericho and Jericho dumps him out like a sack of spuds over the top rope and Mr. <laughs> has been eliminated. Shocked me. I shocked me and it was. It, it, it was shocking, but it was great booking for Jericho. Yeah. But the way that he just dumps him out of the ring as well, like, he's like a dead body. It's, yeah, it was uncomfortable. It mm. was like, Shawn Michaels fully went full on dead weight, and it were. It looked like when he landed, it, it hurt, because it was a load of weight coming down. Number four. Who's that jumping out the sky? Oh, you white Mysterio. Here we go. Booyaka, booyaka. <laughs> no, 6-1-9. That's it before that. Different theme. Um... Comes flying to the ring, all guns blazing. Um, it's a lovely flip to do on um, Chris Jericho. It comes, it's like a um, leg scissors. 
So, um, like a Rikorana, but not quite a Rikorana, to the ropes, come back, leg scissors, absolutely beautiful moment. Yeah, so when Rey Mysterio entered the ring, uh, that, for me, all of a sudden, the speed picked up, we had an entertaining cruiserweight, flying in the ring, doing moves, flying around like Spider-Man. That, for me, that's the hook of the match for me. I'm interested now. Do you know what got me? It was when Rey Mysterio came in, he had his little um, tete-a-tete with Chris Jericho. Right, I don't know if you noticed, it was like a pop-up powerbomb-esque style of move, where... Ray went into the ropes, come back, and Jericho popped him up in the air, and it looked like, in my eyes, that Jericho delivered a powerbomb. But then Ray Mysterio risked first. It was like he turned into a face buster. But the, the transition between him flipping up and stuff, you couldn't see the face buster, so you made it, for me anyway, it looked like it was a powerbomb. It didn't look yeah, like Yeah, I was about to say that. It didn't look like Ray Mysterio got any offence in whatsoever. But he I was quite surprised to see Ray yeah. Mysterio get back up. Um, Ray, he goes, he gets thrown upside down by Y2J. Um, he hangs onto the ring post outside, uh, very similar to how Kofi Kingston did it this year when Baron Corbin pushed him off. So he's hanging on outside, but it was um, two or three seconds till he swung his legs back down into the ring. So it wasn't as impressive because he wasn't dangling for ever in a day. Number five. You think you know me? Know me? Know me? Absolute a thousand miles an hour edge to the ring. Spear to Jericho, spear to Nowinski. Top row Hurricanrana onto Y2J from Rey Mysterio. The edge set up. Um, Jericho then he gets thrown shoulder first into the ring post and then to the outside, which made me think is Jericho now just going to sit out here for the next ten minutes and kind of just recuperate, which he did to an extent. Used to do, um, you get used to Jericho doing this in Royal Rumbles anyway. I've seen this. He's done this numerous times. He did it this year. I'm pretty sure he's done it new, as well as William Regal. He has a habit of doing that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, Road Dog did. Was it uh, Road Rumble 2000 or Road Dog just hid in the corner for the fucking <laughs> entirety of the Rumble? Um, Ray and Edge, they, um, they, it's de- left to them two in the ring. Um, they shake hands and then they go to work on each other. It's a typical face-face where they, the commentators always put across that they know each other's moves, so they kick at the same time, they punch at the same time. But because they're fighting, they nearly end up eliminating each other. And then number six enters. Chris Jones! Christian, at last, I'm on you. Fuck is he wearing? <laughs> the fuck is he wearing? He's in a full onesie leotard, which is only maroon with a gold trim. He looks like a pepperoni. <laughs> he does, yeah, he does yeah. He fucking does. <laughs> <laughs> um, Christian enters the ring and immediately hugs Edge are we seeing a reconciliation of one Edge and Christian no obviously not definitely not Edge he goes to Christian sweet I'm in sends Christian towards Rey Mysterio Rey Mysterio crawls under Christian's legs bang spear not absolutely not we are not getting a reconciliation of one Edge and Christian but that might not only be the only we're brothers and we love each other storyline we're having this evening. And then, now I'm putting my notes down because this moment fucking wound me up. One of my, and we've said it from the start, one of my standout favourites from this series so far is Chris Nowinski. Because on screen, he tried to rape Molly Holly. And I found it quite amusing. Am I sick? I don't know. But 
the rockers in the 80s one of their signature moves was michael's off one turnbuckle Ginetti off other and in sync they double drop kicked an individual in the middle of the ring so what do edge and Rey mysterio try to do so they're both still on the turnbuckle no wind skaters in the middle of the ring Rey mysterio he gets his balance he goes down and comes up again edge complete symmetrical do exactly the same but then as Ray is jumping off the turnbuckle edge goes down and up again so edge is a couple of seconds behind so Rey mysterio it's the perfect drop kick onto the head of Nowinski. but as Nowinski is falling edge is two seconds behind so edge with all his body weight and his legs and his ankles land on Nowinski, and as we are gonna spoiler alert this is the end of Nowinski. there is not much more for him now because he experiences severe concussions throughout the rest of his life and we get to that point obviously we're going to touch on it when we get in our timeline but Nowinski in a silver lining he's been able to go away from this and set up his own brain research company and he looked into a lot of research with the CRISPR more death and he's gone on to better himself to an extent but there was no need for that spot no there really wasn't maybe if they were both the same height you know you've got it one guy the both small guys yeah i don't know whose fault that is was it creative fucking because that spot wasn't on the fucking that wasn't fucking okay ad-libbed. put creative aside though out of the three guys who fought whose fault was it who could you edges yeah edges because in practice they should have gone down together up together on but they went down together up together Ray went but edge went down and up again because he thought they were going down again to get a balance because the first time they both stood there and then they went down to grab top of ropes and they literally did it proper symmetrical they went up again and then it was a dive but edge he must have got confused or just didn't work out what was going on and he jumped it literally was only a second after Ray. but when you try to do something that fucking niche that one second it's ended someone's career so and i'm a big fan of edge but fuck you honestly it, I, it hurt me watching it back because i've been a massive fan of winsky because yeah. we, we are we obviously we're not going to see it because Nowinski will stick around for a bit because he will recover but there'll be lasting effects and um, edge you motherfucker with Nowinski it does beg the question what if oh world champion every day week every day week i think pushed correctly and not been pushed into joke storylines with molly ollie and shit like that pushed correctly yeah no problem because the kid could go and he was six foot six the, the kid had everything he had everything he was 2003's version of jack swagger but better yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Rey Mysterio, then it's the Bronco start onto Nowinski. And at number seven. Ooh, Chavo! Absolutely love how he entered. He kind of just walked in. For some reason, for me, I don't know if it's me, but um, Chavo, when he enters it, he kind of like uses a little bit of Scott Hall, like a slow sort of Neanders in and stuff. Love it, absolutely love it. And then it's time for Lucha Time. It's time for what you see in modern day with Flipper shit. And who are the guys? Will Ospreay and Ricochet. Right. I'm with I'm in Vader's corner. Because Vader tweeted that that's not wrestling. Because it's not. It's gymnastics. Flippy gymnastics. That's not what I see. It's no story, it. I don't want to see that. It's no storytelling. It's just I'm gonna flip, I'm gonna flip, I'm gonna push you, I'm gonna push you, I'm gonna bat I'm gonna bat and then both gonna stand there and go, hiya! Um, no, I don't know about you. I don't know you. Well, I, I've, I've always gone on record with me and this. I don't know. Did, 
I know you watch a little bit of indie stuff, uh, Christian, but do you like the the little 30-second gymnastics ex- exhibition by yeah. people like Ricochet? Yeah, and I do, because it's it adds a little bit of... Because uh, uh, it's the Royal Rumble, especially. It's an extra ingredient into the Royal Rumble. Splices things up a bit, mixes things up a little bit, and it's you have, obviously, got that genre of people who like that sort of wrestling. Not me. <laughs> uh, Chris Nowinski his rumble then comes to an end he's eliminated by Rey Mysterio and he is holding his head very much yeah. so you can tell he As is, he's out, he he's is in pain and then Rey Mysterio gets eliminated by Chris Jericho bye bye Rey Mysterio your Royal Rumble is over and number 8 down 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 one Japanese buzzsaw Tajiri kicks to absolutely everybody Tajiri showcased what he can do in his little five-minute spurt, which was kick, 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 kick. But that's not wrestling. It's not, but it's Tajiri. It's a character. His character is known for... I'm sorry, mate. If you want to say that, Daniel Bryan. His, no, he is a wrestler. His wrestling style is kicks and punches. Triple H is kicks and punches. And the occasional knee strike and a pedigree. And, a, and maybe a suplex if you're lucky. Kevin Nash is knee strike, knee strike. Floor, floor, you do, yes. <laughs> uh, to Jay, he, um, after he's kicked everybody, he puts Charlo in the airplane spin and spins around just like I about earlier with uh, Dickie Murdoch. That was the, the finish. So he spin around for a few times, very much Cesaro-esque. Um, Charlo and, and Chris Jericho, then they work over edge. Uh, JR compliments it. <laughs> it's brilliant. So they're in the corner. Charlo and Chris Jericho are beating up on edge. And JR goes... I like the teamwork here between Charvo and Jericho. The second he finishes, Charvo goes whack onto Jericho. <laughs> Fuck the teamwork. Every man for himself in the Royal Rumble. Entry number nine. Your number one pick. Bill. <laughs> now, this is one Bill DeMar, who, as we've seen over the last few weeks of SmackDown, is on quite the winning streak. And he's booked very similar, like Mojo Rowley was booked, towards the WrestleMania fucking 33. Where he was winning everything on SmackDown. So my pick coming into this is fucking build him up. <laughs> and he goes wild. He slaps to Jira. Uh, and he literally slaps him and it's like, oh, is that how they felt in development? They literally you can hear it. That ain't no fake wrestling. He slaps to Jira and that is like, well, you can see where all these complaints come from. <laughs> right? Yeah. I bet that hurt. And then in at number ten. Tommy Dreamer and his toys. <laughs> Did you see when, because he was like overloaded his trash can, they were digging through his side and they were like opening down to the ring. He uh, hits Buildermont on the head, dunk. And then he gets his kendo sticks and hits absolutely everybody with his kendo sticks. Dreamer and Edge put smiles on all the Chinese faces and Jericho and Christian take over. And then, number 11. What's Big Boss Man's theme tune? Fucking B squared. B squared is in the ring and he works on absolutely everybody, the same as uh, yeah, Tommy Dreamer did. B squared, after his uh, moment of magic, let's say, he then gets eliminated by Edge. And that, gentlemen, is the last time we will ever see one Bull Cannon, one B squared on the Ruthless Aggression Era podcast. It just vanishes. Any overall thoughts? Any memories of one Bobby Buchanan? 
thought right, he looked like he, his attire. He looked like a white Shelton Benjamin when he came out to the ring. He did the gold standard. Yes, the gold standard. And a lot, a lot of the wrestlers in this match are actually favouring Burgundy. Yeah, Big Square and Christian could be quite a tag team. Yeah, like a Raw's team angle. Anwinski. Anwinski, <laughs> yeah. Dark red, raw, isn't it? <laughs> Dark red. Uh, Charvo, he then suffers an elimination where he's attacking Edge. Edge throws him over. Charvo thinks he's got himself safe, but then Edge throws himself off into a spear, eliminating Charvo. Jericho, he then does his Shawn Michaels 95 spot where he's skinning the cat. He gets thrown over. And at the other side of the ring, Edge and Christian are fighting amongst themselves, trying to throw each other over. Jericho gets back into the ring, runs across to the other side, and throws out both Edge and Christian. What a scalp. Mm. That mark up, that blade job on Jericho's head as well. Oh, it looks like a unicorn. It literally looks, he just took that kendo stick clean to the forehead. And he's got the biggest fucking thing sticking out of his head in the world. Um, number 12. Snoop. Pop it like it's hard. Pop it like it's hard. Drop it like it's hard. I was going to do one of a kind. <laughs> hey, 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 one of a kind. He's going to squeeze though, isn't he? <laughs> so Ron Van Damme enters the ring and it is Kick City just like when Bill Demott came in earlier and he was punching everybody Ron Van Damme is coming in and he is kicking everybody like Tajiri but with a little bit more finesse about his kicks I've always loved that with Ron Van Damme Rob, he's been, obviously Ron Van Damme is is a question for you have you ever seen Ron Van Damme throw a punch? yeah, yeah. and not a forearm no think about it when he goes to someone's head, it's forearm, forearm, forearm. Yeah. He punches very much like the acclaimed characters do in the wrestling video games. Like it was him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From the side, <laughs> His arms are like triangular. Like, a, like a, um, a Mattel fig action figure. Yeah, that's how he punches. We get a version of Shining Wizard by Rob Van Damme and JR, it is a little shout out to the Hurricane who is watching at the world. <laughs> That's the sort of person that belongs at the world. Number three. Latino. He. I'm making Matt harder. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to keep in that in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can slap a tornado. Matt doesn't like mustard. Is that what he says? Strongly dislikes mustard. He strongly dislikes mustard. And also owls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Hardy uh, delivers a side effect of Rob Van Damme. He works up RVD with Jericho, but RVD fights back. Um, and this is exactly what I put in my notes, just exactly what I spoke about two seconds ago. Has he ever thrown a punch? Because honestly, I do believe, and I'm, I, I want you to go back, because Rob Van Damme, it looks like a punch, but it's forearm, forearm, yeah, forearm, it's... every time. Who trained him? Uh, Sabu. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it was Sabu's uncle. Sabu trained him. I think it was Sabu's uncle. Yeah, the Sheik. Original Sheik, yeah. He trained him. Yeah. I think so. How does yeah. the original Sheik punch? Hiya! <laughs> That's one for your listeners. <laughs> Ramadan, yeah, it's an absolute beautiful five star. Um, which leads me on a little bit later, and I'm going to jump ahead before the. Let's get there now. The next entrant. Latino. He's Eddie Guerrero. And Eddie Guerrero delivers. His version of the frog splash onto Rob Van Damme. On his head. It nearly breaks his face. Karma. That is 100% karma. For Survivor Safety. Yeah. 100% karma. 
two pay-per-views ago, guys. When you were listening, you know what happened. RVD more or less killed Triple H in the Survivor Series. He goes to the world, gets punished at Armageddon, comes back to a Royal Rumble, and he gets karma like a bitch. I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. Number 15... One Jeff Hardy. And then we get our second I'm sorry brother moment of the night. My Hardy tries to say, Jeff, come on, let's be Team Extreme again. And Jeff obviously proceeds to do exactly what Edge did to Christian and say, nah, I'm alright brother, thank you. I've moved on since then. I think we've already done it two months ago. What the weird thing is, at this point in there, at this point right now, who is making more progression, Hard- Jeff or Matt? Because, like we've said, Jeff has been like struggling to get. Matt's a got match. the better career so far. Christian. Yeah. Matt Hardy, version one. What's the message? Matt Hardy is probably be- doing better at this moment than Jeff Hardy. Mike. Jeff Hardy. Raw. Bubba does this tag team partner when it can be. What's the message? Stop doing drugs. <laughs> you may get a push. So who wins? Matt Hardy. Who wears the Hardy name better as it speaks? Hardy. Ma- Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. And speaking of Matt Hardy, uh, Jeff hits all these little uh, Smackdown versus Raw um, Jeff Hardy spots. So you get his leg drop into the bollocks. You get his reverse stone called stunner sort of neck breaker thing that he does. Um, and then Shannon Moore, he saves Matt. Jeff Hardy goes to the top, goes to hit the swan time. Shannon Moore runs in, dives on the top of Matt Hardy. And what does Jeff do? Fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. And delivers a swan time. That was brilliant. That was would that you was... do that to your friend? Yeah. I, I would. Well, if it was Mary, I'd definitely cover her. I'd take one. Yeah, buddy! Oh, cover anyone. Number 16. Three minutes and we're out of here! Three minutes and we're out of here. We've now currently got six men in the ring. We've not had an elimination for quite a while. Um, and at number 16, it is one half of three-minute warning. One Rosé. Now, as we're recording this on the 24th of April 2017, a couple of days ago, we obviously lost Rosie. Um, let, let's try and... Fuck it. Let's spoiler alert. Rosé. Thoughts. His, his career in WWE. I fucking loved him. When it was the shit... When he, he ran with Hurricane Elms, brilliant. He was underrated. Far too underrated. I think he was underrated. But I think that, for me, I wasn't a fan of the superhero gimmick. They could have done something else with him. They probably could have stuck him in a Roman Reigns outfit and given him a bit of a push and put him into maybe... Well, he's kept him like an urban thug kind of character. Yeah, something like that. And give him, you know, give him a title run on his own. Yeah. He could, he, you know, he, he could move for a big guy. They, they both could. They, they did it with, with, you know, with Umaga. They did it with him. I, that's why I never got, I never got that. Obviously, we get to, and I can't wait till Umaga comes about. Absolute savage. But why not do something like why not have Umaga on Raw and Rosie on SmackDown as some other esque small savage and build up for them two to meet twelve ups that line. The thing is though, God bless his soul, Umaga, without a shirt on, looks all right for a fat guy. Rosie, I bet without, he doesn't. Yeah. Without yeah. a shirt on. Jeff Hardy, at this moment, I noticed with his pain, right? It looks like he's done a blade job that Ric Flair would be so proud of. <laughs> Half of his body's covered in red. Why? Uh, it, Jeff Hardy and don't do drug kids. 
Number 17. Test. Test. This is a test. The pop. The pop. Granted it was for Stacey Keebler, but the pop that he got when he came out, he must have thought, yes, this (laughs) testicle bollocks is working. Not that, no, it's for Stacey and the fact that she's wearing a dress that I've probably got longer belts. Yeah, to be fair. It pumped him up, though, didn't it? It proper pumped him up. Oh, absolute hashtag road rage. Oh, he was running around the ring like a hot of the hottest of hot tags. Yeah. But then, but then, number 18. Yo, yo, yo. Thugonomic style. Nah, nah, put down your tea parties. Get away from your John Hancock's. I'm rocking this thugonomic style. Yo. Besides open mics, one thing that gets me boiled is an old school 30 man battle royal. I'ma win this, I'ma make my impression. Show Vinnie Mac that I got ruthless aggression. The odds were even until you chose me. Now it's 29 dudes and one ruthless MC. Yo, it doesn't matter, kid, cause I ripped your nose off. I could batter you naked with no clothes off. Kid, what you talking about? Three reasons I'ma win this. Reason number one, I cut you up like cucumbers. Reason number two, that you can't approach this. I be choking you like Spreewell be choking coaches. Reason number three is hard for me to explain to you. But I'ma win tonight and go on to WrestleMania. The Royal Rumble's just another test and I got the pass. Y'all dudes are like a kid with one leg, you half-assed. Yo, what you talking about, kid? You can't touch this. Throw the double clutches if you're down with untouches. Yo, it's my year. I suggest you take the year off. I'm sick like Tyson was when he bit Holyfield's ear off. It doesn't matter, kid. Yo, you should stop to beat me. My style's like a swollen penis. You can't beat me. Ah, do you like the rap, JR? 90 seconds or oh, what the hell did he say? Word, your mother. I'm not going to repeat that last one. Van Damme. Yo, yo, yo. John Cena has been known, obviously, for his numerous raps. Now, the Royal Rumble rap was probably one of the, for me, one of the best ones that he's delivered because of just his utter nonsense and the dribble that came out of his mouth. And then our good friend Christian over here is going to embrace his inner thugonomics and take us through this fucking diabolical rap. Yo, yo, yo. I think that the thing that gets me my blood boiled is an old school 30 man battle royal. I'm <laughs> so gonna win I'm gonna win this, make my impression, show Vinnie Mac that I've got ruthless aggression. <laughs> Choose me, 29 dudes, and I, ruthless MC. The odds were even until you chose me. It doesn't matter, kid, because I'll rip your nose off. I can battle your naked, you naked with clothes on. Hang on, wait for that a minute. So, Christian read that incredibly wrong. But basically, John Cena says to a kid in the audience that I'm going to beat you up and I'm going to beat you up until I get you naked. It's a bit... Three reasons I'm going to win this. Number one, I'm going to cut you up like a cucumber. Number two, something about choking. I, I, I didn't... I couldn't... I couldn't get it. <laughs> and number three, hard to explain to you, uh, but it's something about WrestleMania. <laughs> this carries on all the way around the ring. And the reference, he references Mike Tyson biting Abanda Holyfield's ear off. You can't defeat me. Styles like a swollen penis. You can't beat me. 
I don't know if I read that right. I'm very sorry. That's my rapping skills for you. Word life. Word life. Rob Van Dam, who steps in and saves the day, and he attacks John Cena as he's walking out of the ring. Number nine. One Charlie Haas. Now, this is um, obviously when I ran through Raw and SmackDowns, we saw the debut of Team Angle, so we'll take a moment now to step away and um, let's let's get your minds back in 2003. The debut of Charlie Haas, Sean Benjamin on SmackDown, dressed up like Kurt Angle. Um, what was the thoughts? I thought it was awesome. I've, all, I've always been a big fan of uh, a heel champion having Cronus to do the data work for him. Charlie Hoss and Shelton Benjamin, uh, my thoughts on them, Kurt Angle having uh, two partners to help him out, uh, I think they had to bring them in somehow, didn't they? Yeah. And bring them in with Kurt Angle, well, he needed some... He, they, could have, they could bring Shelton in with his, old, his former OVW tag partner, could they? Ah, oh, the, the fucking Brock. wrecking crew, what were they called? Minnesota, Minnesota stretching. stretching crew, that was it, when Brock used another 450s, no, shooting stars for fun. I think that they wouldn't have got over if they'd have come in just nah, as a generic tag team. No, I, uh, I if they'd have come yeah. in on the road, they'd if they would have come in as the world's American greatest, Alpha. If they, hey, thinking about it, what colour did they wear when they were world's greatest tag team? Burgundy. Burgundy. Oh, <laughs> what a burgundy hype! Um, Jeff Hardy he then gets eliminated by Rob Van Dam after he goes for a whisper in the wind but can't get his balance and Jeff uh, Rob Van Dam pushes him off the top rope. Uh, number twenty. Do the Rikisha. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Rikisha. Yeah. Do the Day. What's that? He's singing the Tukul theme. Do the Day. That's not a Tukul theme. It's you look fly today. That's not a Tukul theme. That's how I've always remembered it. That's really bad. I apologise, listeners. I really do. Anyway, Rikisha enters at number 20, and in the minute time, we've got the most that we've had so far. We've got eight wrestlers in the ring. Um, the Samoans, they stare down. We've got Rosie and Rikisha, the cousins, staring at each other. A lot of they can help each other, but then Rikisha, he, set, he sets off to do the stink face or a Samoan splash, and Rosie delivers that mean clothesline that makes Rikisha do that amazing little fucking spin he does in the air. Oh, God, yeah, that's good. I don't think there's even guys that are like half Shawn size. Michaels. Shawn Michaels is the only one that can do it. There's guys that are half How Rikishi does it, though? Yeah, that's what I mean. There's guys that are small that probably can't even do that. And then we get Shannon Moore helping Matt out again, trying to, but coming off the wrong end of an ass kicking, and he gets a stink face. Him and uh, he sat on Matt Hardy, and they both get a stink face in the corner by Rikisha. They're the comical factor for the Royal Rumble. Oh, it needs it. Every Rumble needs it. Every Rumble needs it. And then, number 21. Three, three minutes and we're out of here. Three minutes and we're out of here. He's won Jamal, and we now have three members of the Samoa dynasty in the ring. Now, I stopped and thought of this. What a stable. Yeah. Yeah. Bad boy Rikishi, I did it for the rock. With his brother and Bad his cousin. Boy with his brother and his cousin. Yeah. Wow. What a stable. Fuck Rico. Unst- unstoppable. What a stable that could have been if booked correctly. I mean, you could have d- done them down the three minute warning route of street clothes and stuff like that. And look at us with ghetto gospel and all that. But what a stable that could have been. Completely agree. I just, I'd have loved to have been a fire roller. Uh, we come backstage when Kishi tells Jamal, I'm going to get stink face. <laughs> yeah. 
number 22. <laughs> Kane making his 10th appearance in the Royal Rumble. JR, for his 19th time this evening, says the words, business has picked up. And that is his phrase this evening. Anything could happen. Do you know when Jericho earlier went outside to get the chair with Michaels at the start? Business picked up then. <laughs> uh, Kane, he enters the ring and he goes wild. He hits some of everybody and he even gets some of Rico. Uh, Rosie then gets eliminated by Kane uh, and Kane does a double choke slam onto Matt Hardy and yet again Shannon Moore. Why does make Shannon Moore an entrant? I don't get it. I don't <laughs> understand why. This is like his fourth he's time he's interfered. Yeah, this is like his fourth time he's interfered in the match. Uh, Jericho, again, he does a hanging on moment. And like for this 10 minute period, Jericho has no offence on anybody apart from he's hanging about in the corner somewhere. He gets picked <coughs> up and thrown over the rope and he hangs on. It's like Michael's last moments of 95 in an hour's worth of fucking Royal Rumble with yeah. Jericho. Well, Jericho lasted longer than Michael's did in 95 during this book. Yeah, but 95 was every 60 seconds somebody came out. The fucking Rumble's over in about 40 minutes. It was the shortest fucking thing in the world. Number 23. Ain't no stop me. Hey, no. You can't stop the man. <laughs> He's one gold standard himself. Uh, Shelton Benjamin. What got me was when the theme music went, um, it was like Charlie House. He heard Shelton Benjamin come out because then he got John Cena positioned on the ropes. And as soon as Shelton Benjamin come in, they did their finish straight away where he jumps over the back of ass and lands on him. And thinks, brilliant. That must be a brutal finish. finish. Crowd reaction. Listen to the crowd for that one. They're like, oh... Number 24. Oh, Hogan, we're coming for you, nigga. SS. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa. Here's one Booker T. He does a scissor kick to Kane, and then he hits the fucking spinner only in the middle of a roll room. Woo! Let's be honest, though. For the fans, I need something like nah. that in this row room. Fuck them. Fuck the fans. Eddie Guerrero then gets eliminated by Booker T and he looked like he landed horrible on the outside. It looked nasty. Uh, number 25. Woo-woo! Lord Tenzai. Uh, A-Train. Um, Wearing a hairy vest. No, A-Train in this right. It honestly looked like that he shaved a vest onto himself. He'd shaved around his neck, he'd shaved around his arms, his arms were clear, but his body... Area as fuck. It's like he's shaved himself by instant heat. I'm sorry. You've shaved yourself a fucking. You've shaved yourself wrestling gear. <laughs> <laughs> um, the A train bomb onto John Cena. Uh, back break onto Shelton Benjamin. But then Keish puts a big stop to it with a big boot into uh, Tenzai's face. Number 26. Generic, 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 generic. It is one maven looking to try and jump on the back of the You're the guy with the first tough enough. <laughs> <laughs> QVC shopping channel's own maven. Trying to get the success that he had in the uh, the last Royal Rumble eliminating Undertaker. Um, my nose here simply state fucking maven. Um, number 27. <sighs> one gold dust. Delivers amazing, as we've spoke about numerous times. That power slam by Goldust. It's the snap. Randy Orton wishes he could do it as quick. Absolutely beautiful. And then you hit Shattered Dreams on Maven. Yes. Tough enough. Fuck you. <laughs> I absolutely hope. I, I hope he actually kicked him. Actually kicked him in the bollocks. So he Open the Maven. He wear a cup yeah. and he just went straight in. It's the big leagues, kids. That's the boom of the ball. 
And then uh, Goldust and Booker T both get eliminated in quick succession by Team Angle. Team Angle looking strong. Ooh. And then number 28. <laughs> Here comes Dave. <laughs> so Big Dave. Big Dave enters the ring. And uh, my notes here say, get him, Test. Because <laughs> Test, once Big Dave had his moment, Test <laughs> put a stop to that. Big Dave, I'm the only steroid monster around these fucking parts. <laughs> Until. Number 29. Here comes the pain. And just to make sure that we all are fully aware that the nickname for Brock Lesnar is Here Comes the Pain or the Net Big Sting, JR at the top of his lungs went, King, here comes the pain! <laughs> just so we know. Now, those poor bastards didn't ring. In the last 20 minutes, those that are still in ring have had to endure Bill DeMott, Kane, Batista, and now Brock Lesnar. You're going to be sore in the morning. You're going to be sore in the morning. Are they going to be as sore as Nunzio taking a spear from Goldberg in the Royal Rumble? <coughs> Spoiler alert. Fuck, that's horrible. <laughs> um, now, Kane, he can't be eliminated by Batista and fucking Omega. Oh, Jamal. So, I know it's wrestling logic, but in kayfabe, how would you answer that? That people the size of Batista and Omega combined cannot eliminate Kane. Explain it in kayfabe. Kane's a monster. Yeah, Kane's but... higher on the card. There's <laughs> <laughs> explaining kayfabe. Team Angle then get eliminated by Brock Lesnar. Um, he throws them both out, showing his, his dominance in the match. Matt Hardy then gets a rough F5 from Brock Lesnar, where he launches him over the top rope onto Team Angle, who kind of catch him, but kind of just there just to block our hitting floor. Because it didn't look, it looked rough. They all hit the deck in a rough way. He's all right. I can't be as bad as going through the wall. Yeah, I don't no. know. I don't know, to be fair. I'd probably, I'd probably rather... Be that broken. Yeah, this could where it all comes from, I'm telling you. This is where the broken eye comes from. And then uh, A-Train, he does his scissor kick to Batista. And we get to number 30. It's the return of the Ministry of Darkness Undertaker. But wait. No, it's not. Keep wait. rolling, rolling, rolling. The vignettes rolling, are full of rolling, shit rolling, over the last rolling, few weeks. Rolling, rolling, and we have got the return... We've got the return of someone that we only saw a couple of weeks ago, Biker Taker. So all them vignettes and all these build-up and moments of the last three weeks have been to fucking nothing. So, number 30 is in the ring. Who's winning? Lesnar or Taker? Yeah. Well, John Cena gets thrown at Undertaker after uh, he works on everybody and he does a beautiful little pirouette in the middle of the ring where he, and then... <laughs> He's like, he fucking, he, A-Train comes near him and he goes, and jabs A-Train and turns around and closes down John Cena around the ring. <laughs> there was no need for that little jab on A-Train, but A-Train solid like Rocky and just punched him in the face. Jamal then gets uh, eliminated by Undertaker and then Maven sees his spot and he can see his fucking eyes light up <laughs> and he drop kicks Undertaker. Undertaker doesn't go, it's not 2002. Oh Maven, oh dear. <laughs> Undertaker sends him 
all the way to Burial City. Destroys Maven. And um, may that be bye bye Maven. Or may Maven be able to carry on the coattails of being Undertaker's bitch. Now, let's be honest, what's interesting about Maven? H- um, so obviously Maven gets limited by Undertaker. Uh, A train bomb to Taker. Kane, he chokeslams Brock. Obviously, he saves Kane from a powerbomb with a lovely flying spin kick. Um, and then A-Train, gets eliminated by RVD and Kane. So we're down to our final five of RVD, Kane, Brock Lesnar, Undertaker and Batista. Rob Van Damme thinks Kane's going to help him out. Kane yep. picks him up in a good old press position. But what does he do? He does exactly what Crush should have done with Shawn Michaels in Rob Van Was thrown straight out of him. Straight out. Not just play about him. So we're down to our final four. Undertaker and Brock go face to face. First time since their um, their match at the Hell in the Cell, I think, the first time they've seen each other. And, and this for me was very reminiscent of uh, Roman 1990 of Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. First time they've ever come face to face, and the crowd, you could feel it. The crowd were really into it. Undertaker delivers a tombstone to Brock Lesnar, and then Batista gets eliminated by the Undertaker. The Brothers of Destruction look like they're working together. Oh, double cross. Undertaker throws Kane out. Batista comes back in the ring with a chair, goes to get Undertaker, Undertaker gets the chair, hits Batista, but while he's distracted, Brock Lesnar sneaks up behind the Undertaker, throws him out, and the winner of the 2003 Royal Rumble, going on to WrestleMania, is the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. Lesnar, a 20-inch neck, just got tested, he was dropped right on his head with a tombstone car driver by The Undertaker. No, no, Undertaker! Undertaker eliminates Batista. It's The Undertaker and his brother Kane and Brock Lesnar. Two SmackDown superstars. One Raw superstar left. Oh, now look at this. Look at this. Don't tell me these two are going to team up. <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever see this again, King. Ever. JR, this is the Royal Rumble. The winner of this is going to be on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah, the Monster Brothers are team. Oh, the Undertaker. What? He outsmarted his brother Kane. And Batista coming back in with that steel chair. Batista's still in this. Batista's oh. eliminated. Oh, what a shot. Say so, so. I'm happy with Brock Lesnar winning. He is the next big thing. He is the vocal point of WWE, and he has been the whole pay per was lived up to it. The past three or four months, he's just been mega. I don't know of a wrestler that's been had that much. I'm not even Roman Reigns has had that much of a mega push as Lesnar has had in like four months, five months. No, I agree. I agree. I'm going on to WrestleMania. If you look at what the card is now, um, I'm trying to act like I don't know what's going to happen. But Lesnar Angle, fuck yes. Yeah. Yes. Fuck yes. One of our favourite medias. So, guys, that was Raw Rumble 2003. As we do, as always, on these pay-per-view spectaculars. Michael, I'm going to come to you first. I want match of the night, worst match of the night. And if Raw Rumble 2003 was a superstar of the Rules of era, who would he be? Worst match? 
was easily the one that I was most distracted whilst watching. Women. Yes. <laughs> the only good thing about that match was Tony Wilson's outfit. Smoking! Match of the night? I'd probably say the Rumble match. And it was a superstar. I'd probably say... We had a slow build. This was, I'd say Matt Hardy. Because it, it was a really, really slow build. Okay. And Christian, best match of the night, worst match of the night, and if the Royal Rumble was a wrestler of the Lucy Gresham era, who would it be? Best match of the night, Royal Rumble. Worst match of the night for me, is just because of the build up to it, and you think it's going to be good, Style and Triple H. Obviously, Dormer in Toyota, you can't carry out that one, just shit, but Style and Triple H for me was the worst, all in all. Um, and if I was to compare it to a wrestler, I'd probably say Hawk or Hollick. Because he he had a very, very slow build and he eventually got a main event match. Because he broke his neck. Because he broke his neck. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm gonna say Hawk Hollick. Okay. Um, I'd say first match tonight, again I'd say Rumble, worst match tonight, Stein and Triple H and Ah, I can't wait to see what happens with these. And if Rollins Falcon 3 was a wrestler, um, I'm going to say test. Because I enjoyed it, but I'm always wanting a little bit more. And I always am with test. I'm always wanting something else. So we'll leave it there, guys. That was Raw Rumble 2003. Up next will be the Raw and Smackdowns leading up to the next pay-per-view, which will be... No Way Out. As always, guys, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Instagram. All you have to search for is RA Error Podcast. And as always, guys, thank you ever so much for checking us out. From Dave. From the King. From the posh speaking CJ. Peace out, people.